Hey, well, welcome to the A Little Better Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm going to be your host today, and we're diving in to Trust Issues Part 1. That's right. We're talking all about trust. We're going to be taking a deeper dive into our Sunday morning sermon series at Northridge Church. We're located in Rochester, New York. Our lead pastor, Drew Karcher, is on the podcast with us, and we have a guest host, Brad Files, who'll be kind of a normal voice on our podcast. And so we're excited to dive in. Make sure you listen all the way to the end to get a sneak preview of what's coming this Sunday at Northridge, as well as towards the end of the podcast, we start talking all about kind of some nuances in trust. Like, what does it look like for us to trust God? What do you do if you feel like your trust in God has been damaged by uh leaders in the church, Christian people, or even you feel like God hasn't showed up on um, how you wanted him to or when you wanted him to. So we're excited to dive into episode one of our relaunch of the Little Better podcast, Trust Issues, part one. Hey, well, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. We're super excited to be jumping back in to it with a brand new series uh, that we kicked off this past Sunday. Drew, how you feeling? I feel tired from Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Kick off Sunday. That's right. And if you're listening to the audio version, you just heard a new voice uh, from um, our on our podcast. Uh, Brad, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Have no idea what I'm doing. That's great. Well, uh, how about we do a little introduction for everyone? Uh, Drew, everybody kind of probably knows you. This is, uh, you just finished your fifth year or are you starting your fifth year at Northridge? What, what is that exactly? I just finished my fifth year. So I'm, I'm headed towards number six. Headed towards number six. Awesome. And then Brad, yeah. How many years? Uh, so I've been at Northridge. I I first showed up at Northridge in 1967, believe it or not. I was five years old and my dad worked at Kodak and someone came through the office saying, does anyone's wife play the organ? And my dad raised his hand. So our very first Sunday, 1967, my mom, we walked in the church and my mom played the organ <laughs> and I grew up there and left went you know a lot has happened since then but um and then uh years ago there was a guy named david whiting who i had kids in the school and he said you know you really ought to come back and i took him up on it so since 2000 so we we moved to chicago in 1998 and in 2000 end of 2005 we came back to northridge so I think I had like a 25-year stretch and now a 15-year stretch. <laughs> so you've got us edged out just slightly. Just, yeah, just yeah we, missed, we missed a few things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I'm, I'm Daniel, and I get to serve on staff at Northridge in a few different areas. And I've been here the shortest coming up on two years in March. And so we're excited to dive in. Drew, let's kick off with the first question. Where did this series come from? Like against all odds, you know, you walked us through a brief overview that we're going to hit some key figures in the Bible, but where'd this really come from? 
Yeah, I think it really came out of COVID. You know, I often meet with our, our teaching team and the guys who helped me research sermons. And <clears throat> we just talked about what are people struggling with right now? And trust was a big thing, right? Trusting God through an incredibly hard and crazy season. And so we just started, you know, kind of wrestling and, and God started, even me, like, God, I asked the question in the season with church, like, God, why are you doing this? And what are you doing through this? Right. And there's just this level of trust that many of us need, I think, to get to um, no matter what God brings. And we just thought like, it would be a great kickoff um, series to just kind of, if we could grow in our trust as a church, it would benefit us greatly. And so it's kind of the heartbeat of the church, um, of what God's doing in my heart. And it all kind of came together with our teaching team. Can I ask a question about that? Just like in terms of like how the sausage is made behind there. I know that you guys, you plan out a preaching calendar well in advance. You're not winging it Sunday to Sunday. Do you still do retreats? And, um, and did, was this, again, you said it came from COVID, but was this one you put on the calendar or was there someone else on the team who brought that forward? Uh, this was one I put on the calendar. So this mm-hmm. was one that I, I came out of my heartbeat and what I felt like I was sensing God was calling me to lead mm-hmm. our church through. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a collaborative leader. So I took it to our guys and was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? Because if they're like, yeah, this is cool, but I don't think it's the right time. Because basically what we do is we plan pretty solid six months out and then a year out is kind of interchangeable. So we're pretty flexible if God does something that we need to respond to. And so, <laughs> so, so COVID changed the calendar. That preaching calendar shifted quite a bit. Light huh? response. <laughs> I feel like everything this last year changed the calendar, right? <laughs> so Indeed. Drew, I loved your point in the message of, and uh, your convincing point of that we all trust in something in your map analogy and that I love that question that you talked about, like, is the thing that we're placing our trust in worthy of our trust? Cause for me, I was a little bit skeptical when you were like, we all trust something. I'm like, I don't know if I do that. But then like you started walking through uh, the Atlas map quest and then Siri uh, and just processing it in my own mind of like how much faith I put in, you know, Hey Siri, take me to this location when I've never been there, especially for me as a a newbie to Rochester, I basically have to do that every single day if I want to figure out where I'm going. Um, Mm -hmm. And just, you know, comparing our trust in our technology to the trust that we, we lack in God so much of the time. And so I just found that, yeah, that very challenging. Yeah, I don't know if you're posing a question to Drew, but I wanted to, I would I would respond to that, chime in and say, yeah, that's that's the one that's been kicking around in my brain, you know, quite a bit too. But I absolutely believe that everyone puts their trust in something. I I come from a science and engineering background, and so many of my schoolmates, you know, are committed atheists, and they think they don't trust in anything. And I'm like, dude, you know, you have so many unanswered questions, right, that you fill in the gaps on. I mean, you clear, you, you are making big assumptions, you know, and you're trusting that God isn't there. <laughs> That's a pretty big leap. But uh, I do believe that everyone trusts in something just because, like you also said in the sermon, you don't need to have all the answers and no one has all the answers. Right. We never will get there. We'll never have all the answers. So for everyone on the planet, you don't have all the answers. Where, what is, where is the trust 
you know, for the gap on what you don't have the answers on. Yeah. And I think most people just bank on themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, if we're claiming we don't trust anything, usually that, that trust falls on our shoulders, right? We just believe that we got it covered. We'll take care of it. We'll protect, we'll provide. And I think that's where most people who would say, ah, this God of the universe, this creator, I don't, I don't know much about him. Right. But I'd rather bank on me because I know what I can do and I know what I can bring to the table. I think, and I think the culture, that's the, the cultural flow is in that direction more than ever. Right. I mean, I think I heard, I think it was Tim Keller was talking about, you know, we used to, everyone used to get their truth from somewhere else. Right. But now everyone's told, look for the truth inside yourself. And now it's for everyone. We tell them growing up is your sexual identity, whatever it might be. Don't let anyone tell you who you are. You tell you who you are and don't, don't let anyone mess with your truth and follow your passion. You know, don't let anyone get in the way of, of what you decide. Yeah. So with the GPS, like I, I literally, if I don't know what I would do in my life without Siri guiding me, like I really don't like I can you imagine going back to those methods? I wouldn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, to me, it just seems crazy to trust in myself. I, I think very, I mean, other people must think more of themselves than I do just because I'm like, dude, I have to come up with a whole morality. What's right. What's wrong. What star to steer by. I, it's just, I know I'm going to go off a cliff, you know, if you leave it to me. So I am so grateful <laughs> to have a good God pointing out the way. And I think that's why we responded to COVID with this series, because it's not only like we have to learn to trust God, but I think during COVID, everybody realized it's out of their hands, right? There's only so much mm-hmm. they can do. And so where do we turn? Well, our, our no matter what life brings, we turn to our trust in God. That's why it's so important. I thought the timing of this series as we navigated everybody like, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to bank on a mask to save me? I'm going to bank on a vaccine or whatever it is, right? Really, at the end of the day, we're banking on God first and foremost because we trust him. Yeah. What do you, I guess the the big question that you brought out that we were going to talk about today is about God's regret in, in that is, what do you do when what it seemed like what it seems like God is doing doesn't make sense to us? That, that's that's a big question that I feel like I have and, and maybe others have. Like, what do we do in our lives as new Christians, been Christians for a long time? Like, when it doesn't make sense, um, like the whole year we just had. Like, what do we do when it doesn't make sense? I mean, the easy answer is trust Him, right? Yeah, that's ultimately what this whole series is about. Like when yeah. we first wrote this series, it was called That's a Bad Idea. And basically kind of a, another side angle of this series is like trusting God when his ideas seem really dumb. Right? Like so this next week, I'll give you a little sneak peek. We're talking about Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Right. And God's strategy for knocking the walls down is just honestly, logically the dumbest idea you could ever come up with, right? And it's like, you want me to do what? And that's what this series is out. Like, God, really? You want me to build a boat? I don't know. And a rain? I, like, that just sounds dumb. But I still got to trust God. And that's what's hard, right? And mm-hmm. 
you get a window into like God says, I regret making, you know, mankind. What did he mean there? Right. And I actually read um, Piper while I was um, reviewing the series and he put a great illustration that I think gives us understanding of, of this moment. Right. Because we've probably all done things that we know were right, but still regretted it. Okay, let me give you an example. Right? You have kids. My kids disobey me. And when they do, like when they lie to my face, we discipline them with a spanking. That's just that's how we do in our house. And there have been times where I will spank my child and I try to hug them, love them, and they don't want it. They they run away. And at some level, I I feel sorry. I re- almost regret doing it, but I know it was right because of the outcome. And I think that gives us a window into God, right? He's not saying I made a mistake. He's, he's, he's feeling sorry for all the sin and the wickedness. And his regret is I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm, I'm seeing what's happening and I'm going to fix it. And yet still God provides what a rescue plan. It's just the story of the Bible, right? Like sin God intervenes and saves humanity. And so if you read other translations, some translations don't say regret. They say God was sorry too. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah. read it in context, read other translations. Well, yeah. And Ezekiel endure. says it, Ezekiel also says God takes no delight, you know, in, in judgment. I mean, it's just like, he's going to do it, but you know, he doesn't want to. I don't know. That's, that is, that is a tough one to tease out. <laughs> Get very nuanced with that. Oh, yeah. Boy. Cause there, there's a lot of nuances in the sense of, of like the comparison of our human regret of, you know, drew like your regret in your example about your kids and, and spanking, like you, you knew that that was the right decision, but obviously the outcome of like your kids, like running away from you, like you didn't foresee that probably, coming and the difference yeah. in like human regret and, and godly God's regret in himself is he still, you know, sees all time and, and he, he just sees the scope. And so there's a deeper complexity to God and his emotions yes. than yes. in our human complexity, because, well, how can God have sorrow if he already knew it's going to happen um, yep. in, in the midst of it and, and inside of that, um, you know, most scholars would take you to your next place to like first Samuel 15. Yeah. Oh. Um, and that's the next place Piper actually takes, you know, I think in, in some commentaries <clears throat> in verse 29, where he says, you know, God does not lie, does not change his mind. He is not a human being, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and there, that same word is used in the original language that regret in verse 11, when he says, I regret I made Saul King. Um, and so there must be a deeper level to God's feelings and emotions towards regret, mm-hmm. even though he knows what's happening. He's engaged in the world. He's making decisions. He's moving pieces around in that sense. Um, but he's still the response of humans isn't what he desired it to be because he's given us that um, yep. own ability to make decisions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Piper says the moment you compare your emotions to God's, you're going in the wrong direction. Basically, <laughs> yeah, God's emotions are so complex and so perfect, and ours are so marred with the flesh and sin. And so, to think your regret 
is the same as God's regret, you're missing the bullseye. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And words will just always come up short in describing that, right? There's just not yeah. enough words to tease it all out for us. It's beyond putting into words, but <laughs> everything in the Bible is true. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't mean we fully understand. Well, it goes back to trust, right? You yes. don't you don't have all the answers. Sometimes right. in the there's things in the Bible, right? Just, I'm reading through the book of Revelations in my in my quiet time. And like, hey, there are things in the Bible that are designed. You'll even read in scriptures, Jesus says something and people didn't get it because he didn't want them to get it, right? He didn't want them to fully understand it. Right. We're talking about God here, right? And so you will never have all the answers until you are with him, right? And so we have to be okay trusting him even when we don't understand everything about him. Yeah. Mm. I guess my mind goes to, I wonder if the same language would use about Jesus or God, the father putting Jesus on the cross, you know, I mean, to, that certainly not, it was necessary, absolutely necessary. Yeah. And the outcome is glorious and joyful, but I mean, I'm sure that same language of regret, you know, could be, be applied there and Jesus in the garden having all, it seems like all kinds of indecision, right? He's praying for the cover to be taken yeah. away from him and then praying that the, you know, that, you know, he has the strength to do God's will. So a lot of humanness <laughs> comes through, but then we get deceived into thinking, oh yeah, he's just like a human. No, he's not just like a human. <laughs> right. Yeah, the question that comes in my mind, just like as we're talking about this and even just thinking about Sunday's message and, and Noah's response of him being a righteous man and, and doing all the things that God um, asked him to do. And, and that was all kind of rooted in his, in his trust. Um, the question that comes up in my mind, Drew, and I don't want to steal too much of the series Thunder, is like, okay, so what does what does trust look like for me if I'm trying to like live out my my life as um as a follower of Jesus and and it doesn't make sense to me what God's doing maybe even my own situation doesn't make sense so what does trust look like or wh where do I start like what do I start in this journey of like learning to trust God more yeah so I I don't know if you guys remember my intro to my sermon right before I actually started my sermon we prayed to get right and I said, put yourself in this posture, right, of open hands, right? And right. so to me, I think trust, just the starting place is that, that open handedness, right? It's a surrender of the things that you know you shouldn't keep, and it's the receiving of things that you should keep. And so trust to me is knowing who God is, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about this this week, is having an accurate theology of who God is, getting to know God and like any relationship, the more you get to know your future spouse, the more you date, the more I, I, I'm in a marriage, the more I know my wife, you know, the, 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 as I get to know them, the deeper my trust grows, right? So it's always 100%, but the more you know God, it just opens your heart to more trust, still 100%, but it's just you're knowing more of what he wants for your life. And so it's living open-handedly, Right letting go of the things that don't belong and, and asking God for the things that do. It's complete obedience to what he, he yeah. If you don't like it, it's a hard place. 
Yeah, I was thinking obedience the whole time, of course, when you were saying that. But I just and when Daniel says, what does it look like? It's going to look different, of course, for everyone. There's going to be different challenges. You know, for a lot of people, it's, you know, and it probably comes up most often when the world's counsel is counter to God's counsel. Right. Where everyone says it makes total sense to divorce. You know, it makes total sense to maybe there's a, a choice. And I'm not saying the right or wrong here, but, you know, a choice to declare bankruptcy and you say, no, I'm going to, you know, muscle through. And even though it costs me, you know, meet these obligations or uh, but I can certainly think about, you know, relationships where you're just faithfully obedient, you know, and hang in there. Um, I mean, yeah. Does everyone's marriage, I mean, we've been married a long time. Does everyone's marriage have times that are better than other times? I mean, it's just, you know, there's sometimes, you know, where, you know, the feelings might be there and you hang in there and then yeah. thank God the feelings come back. But if you'd left, you'd never would have seen that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you could basically say trust is obedience, right? Yeah. It's when God says something, you never say no, right? And mm-hmm. that's, that's like, if we're honest, that's ridiculously hard, right? Because yeah. that's, that's every area of your life. That's your finances. That's your sexuality. That's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way you go about marriage, business, leadership, the way you do your taxes, the way you live your yes. life, the way you take care Absolute of your integrity. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we come up short, but we, we know what God's, you know, what his counsel is. But yes, it's trust produces obedience, right? It's not like we obey God to win points or, mm, you know, right. get up there. But, uh, but that trust, you know, how do I know if I'm really trusting? Well, look at all that obedience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved your point, Drew, also on Sunday. And you said it even in this conversation of like trust is 100% or like obedience is 100%. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who's like, man, I, I'm just not, I'm not a hundred percent. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not there. Like they would honestly just self-admittedly say like, I'm not a hundred percent all in, uh, maybe they're skeptical. Maybe they would even claim not to be a follower of Jesus. Like, but they're interested. They're, they're intrigued. They, they want to take, you know, steps in that direction and explore, God, faith, Christianity, what advice, even Brad jumped into this of what would you say for that person? It says, like, I'm not a hundred percent. So what do I do with this? One, I would say that's okay. Right. Like, Hey, everybody's journey is different. And what I would say to somebody is ask all your questions, right? Explore journey of getting to know God. And this is what I believe. If you truly go on this journey to find God, God will find you and you will, I believe, transfer your trust to him. Because when you get to know God, you realize how good and awesome he is. And the response to that is just, man, I want to know him and trust him. Yeah. And just spending, so, you know, spending time with God's people, you know, is, is awesome, but also just, you know, and spending time in God's word. It's just, I, I, I love introducing people who don't even, you know, don't even know what they believe to like the gospel of John and just say, Hey, just read it and tell me what you think, you know, or walk through it with them. But just the more you expose yourself to that, you know, I just think that creates those opportunities. Um, I mean, as far as that trust goes and that hundred percent, you know, um, 
we all got to that place of 100% when we stepped up to the altar, you know, with our wives, but that was because we were in love with them, right? And we just, this was something we, we stepped into, not because people told us it was a good match or it made sense or cheaper, two can live cheaper than one. You know, it was, no, 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 no. We're 100% because we fell in love with that woman. And I do believe if you spend time with Jesus, you'll fall in love with him. That's right. Yep. Mm, that's good. You know, uh, the longer when t- just talking about trust, the I love your comments on that. Uh, the longer you, I've been around church world, um, the more and more you hear stories about people who've had their trust broken, um, mm-hmm. that it's been fractured by people uh, that c- do things in Jesus name, or even um, some would say that God himself has fractured their trust because they didn't like his response to certain situations. Um, what would we say to those people who, who are still around and still are interested, but they feel like their trust or, or their faith um, has been fractured either by Christian leaders, Christian people, um, or just God himself? What would, what would we say to those people? I would say two things. One, you can't put your trust in people because they're always going to fail you. I don't care if they're a pastor, a leader, whoever it is, like you put your trust in people, you're always going to be let down. Right. But I I get the struggle. Some people feel like, oh, I put my trust in God and I feel like he let me down. And I feel like the one area that we have to grow in is usually our trust with God comes with expectations of God. And usually our, we feel like our trust is broken because we put expectations on God and he didn't come through on our timetable in the way we wanted. And when you trust God, it's without expectations, right? It's God. Think about Noah, right? Like, okay, you want me to build a boat? I'll do that, God. I'm sure Noah wasn't thinking 55 to 75 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people in our society after 30 years, okay, God, you broke my trust. You said you're going to bring rain and you didn't, right? And so trust without expectations, I think, is what we're after. Yeah, I love that. And that's what I was thinking, even with your opening examples, because you talked about, you know, like the evil patriots being down 25 points or whatever, the but uh, not everyone who's down 25 <laughs> points wins the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, it's like the, the, the outcomes aren't always what we expect or want, but there is that trust that whatever the outcome is, it will be what God uses for good. And it is still within his plan. Yeah. So. And even as you're talking about that, as I reflect even like on my own journey in life, most of the time, like God in air quotes here, I'm giving air quotes, doesn't come through with something I'm praying for because I'm not ready. Um, mm. like if I'm just being honest, like I'm not ready for him to do that thing. Like how inconvenient would it have been though for Noah, if it would have started raining like 20 years in and he's not yeah. done with a boat yet. Like it's right. like God promised rain. And then here comes the rain. He's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not, I'm not ready. Like I need to finish this boat first. Like, yeah. uh, and so, you know, when we say God's timing is always perfect, like we say that tongue in cheek, but like, that's the reality is like, he knows when we're actually ready for that thing that we so desire, whether that may be a new job, a, a good marriage, you know, or, uh, kids, whatever that thing is like, God knows 
um, the real us, not just the personified, like what we try to present um, because he really knows if we're ready or not. In, yeah, in and before that. they, even before that end game arrives right now in the present, in that horrible situation, you know, God decide, you know, this is God's best plan to change us. Mm. It's, I, I remember in um, a seminary classmate whose uh, child, you know, newborn infant was this, you know, horrible situation, weeks, you know, life-threatening situation. I believe the, the child pulled through, but I remember him saying to me, Brad, I wouldn't trade this for anything. I've just been, I mean, I am I am helpless. I am in totally, totally helpless here. And I have never been closer to God. Mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. felt his presence more. So there are, can be opportunities in great suffering for God to change us. Mm-hmm. I love that statement too. God's timing is always perfect until it inconveniences me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, come on, we, we say that no. all the time, but it's like, yeah, God's timing <laughs> until I have to wait longer than I wanted to, or until he doesn't come through when I want him to. And right. Like that just shows our, our lack of trust in God. And and, and really this is like what I love about this series is this is not just for a segment of our church. This is for everybody. Cause Mm -hmm. I know in my life, there are areas right where I gotta, I like, I gotta trust God and season. So, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we've had a great conversation uh, up to this point. Uh, Drew, do you have anything you want to tease us out for Sunday? You've already given us a small taste of what we're talking about. Anything else uh, behind the curtain that you want to share? We're going to dig. We're going to dig a little bit deeper in trust. It's going to be fun. We're going to look at another story. And and, and a low key thing that I love about this series is you got to pay attention to get it. But we're going to take you from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And we're going to kind of give you a glimpse of how the Bible flows from Old Testament person after person after person of trust all the way to Jesus. And so I, I like the series where you get a little bit of a biblical literacy of like, if you're not sure how the Old Testament flows in the New Testament, you'll get a little glimpse of that from each character that we, we, we roll with. Yeah, but Absolutely. you want to hear every sermon to get that benefit, right, Drew? Come on, Brad. Come on, Brad. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, Brad. You heard it from him. <laughs> hey, and one uh, family just plug right there. Accidentally, our kids ministry and uh, adults are talking about Joshua and Jericho this Sunday. Nice. Uh, so if you got kids and kids, men, um, yeah, that have good family conversation about trust, faith, and um, and the Bible. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll see you uh, this Sunday and we can't wait to see you and chat with you again uh, next week on A Little Better.